Hello everybody. Today I have a very special guest on and that is Ashley and we are going to be talking to you about all things new mum. If you're just about to turn the corner of your third trimester and become a new mum or you maybe are in your first couple of weeks of being a new mum or maybe I don't know you're not even pregnant you just want to learn about how to navigate through the postpartum period. Ashley is going to be talking with us today about her experience and she is a coach as well herself a pre and postnatal coach so we're going to go into detail about the advice that she would give to a new mum. So without further ado, Ash, can you just give a little introduction, tell us who you are, what you're about, where you are in the world, because I know you travel quite a lot. And uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be on your podcast. Um, so as you said, I'm Ash. I am an online uh, pre and postnatal wellness coach. Um, I'm a mother of two. I have a little girl called Coco, who is nearly 18 months, and a little boy called Teddy, who is two and a half. Um, and I'm currently in Bali. Um, this isn't our permanent home, but like you said, we have been doing a little bit of traveling uh, this year unexpectedly, but that's, I, I guess, the beauty of COVID and all that. Um, so yeah, currently in Bali and uh, enjoying the kind of sporadic lifestyle that we live at the moment with two little ones. <laughs> And just to kind of give you a bit of a background story, me and Ash sort of met at a gym in Bristol when I was training with another coach. And I followed her journey as well from being not a mom to a mom of two. And I've just found <laughs> her journey really inspiring. You know, I've seen her not only handle mum life, but move countries and, you know, not have many, well, much family support around you, obviously being in different countries. And you've been a real inspiration. So thank you so much. Aww, thank you. Yeah, that means a lot, honestly. <laughs> um so we're gonna get just right into it and I want you to tell us about the expectations of somebody maybe like myself or somebody who is pretty fit themselves and what they can expect post-birth and their recovery phase because my idea is okay I probably think there's going to be around four maybe six weeks of not being able to do a hell of a lot and then I don't really know what follows from that so can you talk to us yeah Period. definitely definitely well I think this is kind of why I sort of really kind of wanted to specialize in this space because like Andy said we were well I was a personal trainer in a gym and an SNC space and um really there was there was women that I trained but kind of not really in this kind of early postpartum phase and then obviously going through the whole process myself of having a baby baby I trained like consistently quite a lot like I was just saying to you I stopped training at 35 weeks with Teddy because I just felt so tired by that point and that felt right for me um and yeah I guess like you I sort of had this idea of postpartum and I knew that there was like you know this recovery but you really don't know until you get into that kind of period of your life how you're going to feel what you're going to want to do and you know there is this kind of gray area between what's what's right and what's not right for your body um so I guess let's sort of say if you are fairly active right now and you're kind of unsure of what to expect there is this magic six week mark that we all talk about you know don't do anything for six weeks but I definitely think there is a real fine line between especially if you have been active not only in your pregnancy but beforehand so you've got a good level of strength and fitness um there's a fine line between not doing anything for six weeks 
and then doing everything at six weeks um because really you know you we do hear that more often than not you know you get to six weeks and everyone's like I've had my clearance let's go back to the gym let's lift weights and there's not enough unfortunately not enough awareness around you know there still is a huge huge you know area of healing that needs to happen with our core our pelvic floor and getting you know our whole kind of intra-abdominal system working together with our diaphragm and our core muscles and our pelvic floor and not only that I think you know emotionally and mentally are we really ready to go and thrash our bodies at six weeks with the newborn probably not um so I guess you know, sometimes the expectation is that, you know, at six weeks, you might be, you know, good to go. Um, don't get me wrong, in some cases, that might be the case. Um, but it is that annoying thing of like, you know, not everyone's the same. We're all very different. It really depends on on you, how you feel, um, your birth, um, because often, you know, the expectation is, is different. Um, I know speaking for myself I I planned for um I was obsessed with like watching birth stories and I wanted like a drug-free vaginal birth I wanted to feel everything I wanted like I just wanted it all and I ended up with a 30-hour labor and emergency c-section and um so my recovery was very different to what I had kind of planned for so I think firstly I would say you know be, be quite open-minded Okay. That was with that was with Teddy, yeah. Um, and then I had a plan C section with Poco in the end. Um, but yeah, I think um, firstly, I would say this not just for this first six weeks, but kind of for stepping into motherhood, like just go into it with an open mind um, and a lot of self compassion. Um, and you know, if you have come from a base of being really active you've got a really good level of strength a really good level of fitness the chances are that you will recover quicker and that's why it's so important to stay active during your pregnancy um but yeah I mean definitely definitely keep moving during that first six weeks whether that's you know some mobility work some gentle walking when you feel ready start connecting back with your core and your pelvic floor through some gentle breath work and then at six weeks just kind of ease yourself in um you know start with some some functional movements like squats like lunges um regress your exercises so you can use an incline to make things a bit easier on your core um and just kind of build it up from there um yeah <laughs> amazing that's really helpful i think it's so important you know one thing i've really tried to do myself is try not to put any expectations on myself of what that postpartum period look, looks like because who knows what kind of birth I'm going to have? Who knows whether I'm going to have a baby that sleeps or not sleeps? You know, you know, and I think that's so important because the last thing we want to do is think, right, at six weeks, I'm going to be back into the gym training three times a week when actually it might not look like that at all. Um, mm. Just in regards to your own sort of birth stories is and, and that postpartum period, is there anything that you think that you not that you wish you could go back and do differently, but did you make any mistakes or is there anything you did that you're like, oh God, why did I put that pressure on myself? In my own recovery, do you mean? Yeah. Like when, yeah. Um, uh, with Teddy, yes, I'd say so. I think I, um, I definitely put too much pressure on myself. Like, 
with everything I suppose like you know to try and get into a routine with him to try and get back into a routine with myself um you know from a health and fitness point of view um like you said before I was living away from home so I didn't necessarily have like a huge amount of support so in a way I there was a lot of pressure on myself but I I I didn't I didn't give myself a lot of you know self-compassion and um I think that's why I think later on I then had a lot of postpartum anxiety and actually fell down a kind of postpartum depression kind of loop because I I processed a lot later I processed Teddy's birth a lot later so I think just um I definitely didn't allow myself to kind of realize what I'd experienced in in my birth and and not that you know there's I know birth is quite a scary thing um there is an element of kind of like the unknown and not knowing how things are going to go I I still view my birth as a very positive experience because I'm so proud of myself I whatever birth you have I think as a woman it's incredible how we just bring these humans into the world um but I definitely look back and treated my second recovery with cocoa a lot differently um and yeah I think I was just more gentle on my recovery um and a bit more um yeah I think I was a bit more because I was more gentle I allowed myself to have a bit more structure I think at the later end of like that six week mark then I kind of was like right now I feel ready to do maybe two focus sessions a week where I sit for 10 minutes and I do some gentle core exercises um uh and with with Teddy I was sort of out walking every day from you know quite early on because maybe for my mindset as well but I don't know I yeah I think I think the second time I did it a little bit better I was a lot easier on myself um and first time I definitely was like you've got to do it all you've got to get into a routine you've got to do all these things yeah (laughs) and and, you know that's the great thing to talk about is I think as women, you know, we we love a plan, we love to-do lists, we love sticking to a routine. And I think just creating that space to allow yourself to truly recover and, and stop kind of fighting and competing against yourself is really, um, really helpful to know and think about. So in those first, you know, those magical first six weeks that we're, that we're waiting to get signed off by the midwife, Obviously, if you've had two C-sections, was there anything that you did specifically maybe for a couple of minutes each day that helped with your your scarring, with your um, pelvic floor? Is there anything that you kind of, yeah, did to support yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think with um, C-section births, obviously the recovery generally can take a little bit longer because obviously that's quite an intrusive operation. Um, So... The main thing is, well, the main thing is really is to allow your body to really recover and to just get that natural healing process going. Um, But I did a lot of trying to kind of reconnect with particularly my kind of lower abdominals through um, the diaphragmatic breathing that we always talk about, um, which if you don't know, essentially our core is like a cylinder, the diaphragm sits at the top, um, our core muscles wrap around the middle and then our pelvic floors at the bottom so throughout pregnancy we generally kind of form a bad pattern of breathing a lot of the time because there's so much stretch 
and we tend to just breathe into our chest quite a bit because there's just so much going on in this middle kind of section um, and obviously a lot of pressure going down on the pelvic floor so when the baby's born all of those muscles are still stretched and we kind of still have that bad pattern of breathing into our chest and our pelvic floor muscles are obviously loosened and stretched um, with a c-section you literally have a huge separation between your core and your pelvic floor because it's cut through um, in an awful sounding way. <laughs> um, so for me, that was one of the most important things I did was to try and reconnect with my my core, my pelvic floor through that gentle breath work. Um, and I always think of it as um, my favorite visualization for this is to use a jellyfish moving through water. So as the jellyfish goes down, you take a big inhale, the jellyfish goes down through the water and everything kind of relaxes, your belly fills with air. And then as you exhale, we start from the bottom, from the pelvic floor, middle of the abs, and then upwards the diaphragm to the top. So that kind of visualization really just clicked for me. Yeah. Um, and to start with, I couldn't feel a thing, like couldn't feel a thing. I was like, my pelvic floor is not working. There's nothing going on. And you know, I hear this all the time with women. They're like, no, it's just not working. I can't do it. But the more you do, you know, something like anything, it gets easier and the muscle gets stronger. Um, so that was a huge one. Um, and also, I think with the C-section scar, particularly um, after having Teddy, there was a lot of an emotional kind of attachment to the scar um, and a lot of memory around you know what had happened in my birth and it took me a long time to really connect with my scar which often is a bit of a block to actually connecting with your pelvic floor because you can't kind of focus on that area because it brings back memory I guess mm. um so I think if you a nice way to kind of um connect with your scar is obviously not massaged in those early days because we want to make sure it's fully healed but some people like to just run, um, you know, like a brush, like even like a makeup brush or another item of clothing just over the scar just to try and get some sensation back in there and just start getting that kind of mind body connection back with the area. Um, so not massage in the early days until the scar is healed, but just in some way trying to kind of connect with your scar again um, and with that area of your body, because then I guess it just gets everything kind of working together and um yeah healing amazing thank you um do you know what the more and more I learn about the pelvic floor and birth and everything so much is linked to how we perceive trauma I think and how we deal with trauma and mm. you know for a lot of people listening they might I used to do it all the time when I, I did yoga people would be like relax your jaw and that will release you know your hips and da 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 and there is so much in it, like there really is connected to your stress, your tension and your pelvic floor and all those deep core muscles. The more that you're jarred up, stressed, you know, experiencing trauma and you, you're not dealing with it, the mm -hmm. more the, the, this does have a knock on effect in later life. And, you know, as you said, that that affected you as well. So thank you for sharing that with us, by the way, because um, yeah, that's OK. That's a personal thing. Um, in regards to somebody who hasn't had a C-section then, would that be the same? Would you, uh, you know, with your clients, do you advise in that first kind of six weeks, just again, connecting with the pelvic floor, just focusing on your breath? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's my first kind of port of call because also in the early days, you do spend a lot of time sitting down, um, you know, nursing your baby, whether it's breast or bottle. And, you know, you are sitting there and a lot of the time your hands are full. So it's not like you can, you know, be doing anything else. So you are actually forced to be quite present. And I like to kind of encourage my clients to be present within their bodies as well. And then at that point, think about, you know, that that gentle breath work um, whilst you are spending you know hours sitting with your baby getting to know your baby but also getting to know your body at the same time because it is a different version of what it used to be um so diaphragmatic breathing or connection breath whatever you want to call it is a is definitely my first point of call but also your body can sometimes feel a bit bit sore um a bit stiff and um I think one of your questions was about kind of breastfeeding and posture and things like that. And that kind of links into this, I guess, because it's, you know, very important in this in this period of time in your postpartum phase where, again, there's a shift because you've had a huge bump um, and now that's gone. And like we were saying, all those muscles are kind of stretched and weakened. Um, and we've gone from potentially kind of, you know, pushing our, our our bellies out to kind of take the weight off a bit. So creating a bit of a, more of an arch in our back to now holding a baby and being really, you know, forced forward with our shoulders. Um, so just kind of focusing on what neutral looks like for you again um, is really important. So I guess, you know, correct posture. And if you are, um, you know, nursing, um, and this again goes to a breast or bottle just remember to bring the baby to you um that's such a useful tip um which i'm so pleased that i learned when i did because often you just think you know bring yourself to the baby um so where you can just remember to bring the baby up to you so that you can keep shoulders back uh you know ribs down core core switched on and you can feel like you're not straining when you're holding um the baby so you know obviously they're so small when they're first born I remember thinking I actually said to my midwife because I was like I don't know how I'm going to feed um I don't know how I'm going to feed Teddy when I'm out because you know firstly he's so little and this is really awkward because I've never done this before and she was like just take a towel roll a towel put it under the pram and take it out with you and I did and at first I was like this is really weird like people are looking at me but they don't no one looks at you and you know it's not about that or anything and just have the confidence to make yourself comfortable mm. because at the end of the day that's all that matters um no one's going to notice a rolled up towel and your baby's happy you're happy and you feel comfortable so just do what you need to do um to look after yourself I think in those in those early days what did you do with the towel out of interest prop it oh I just sorry roll yeah rolled it up and then propped it under my elbow so it's like in between your leg and your elbow almost and just gives you that bit of support under your arm because otherwise you just sort of find yourself leaning forward bringing yourself down to the baby I like that I guess it's a bit like a feeding cushion isn't it they've got those yes yeah which at home you would have but if you're out and about it's just a bit more a bit trickier noted I'll I'll, uh, I'll write that one down okay amazing so in regards to recovery because we mentioned it um previously in those first few weeks you mentioned you know it's really important to recover and make sure that your um 
this is where baby brain kicks in but you are, <laughs> are looking after yourself and you are yeah. resting but also you know your body's gone through such a dramatic change how can you support that with nutrition because one of the things that I've been doing that my uh, hypnobirthing uh, teacher actually said to us is meal prep like just get on batch cook now do whatever you can and obviously having studied pre and postnatal myself I know in terms of like making sure that you're eating lots of good fats, et cetera, et cetera, for your recovery. What type of nutrition tips do you tend to give your clients or did you do yourself that you're like, everyone needs to know this? <laughs> yeah, I think the same. I think um, like, like I said to you before, I didn't have a lot of support. Um, so for me, meal prepping was key because I knew I wasn't going to have family dropping over food or coming to help with cooking and Jack, um, my partner, was working, you know, 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. So some days he didn't even come home for dinner. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, I have always been a real type A planner. So I um, it wasn't something that I, you know, was like, oh, this is going to feel, feel really out of nature. Um, so, yes, meal, meal prepping. But I, I think I, I, yeah, I froze um, these little energy balls. Um, which I would recommend to anyone. Um, I can send you the link to them. They're, they're almost like great for lactation as well because there's loads of oats and chia seeds and all of those things. Um, but I remember people saying to me, like, you're going to want a snack because I guess regardless of whether you choose breastfeed or you can breastfeed, your body's going to start producing milk, which means that you are going to be more hungry because your body is working so hard. So if you can and you choose to breastfeed then I think um having readily available snacks um is a game changer because trust me middle of the night you will be you'll be peckish you're gonna be peckish and you're gonna go to the fridge for those energy balls and also I think it's just nice to know I remember I, I remember thinking in the middle of the night like I wouldn't want to be eating biscuits or chocolate right now like you actually want something that's going to give you energy um because you know it, there is a level of adrenaline with a newborn that keeps you going um, naturally. But I think it's just nice to know. And you just like pat on the back. I made those in advance <laughs> and I'm so proud of myself. Um, so, yeah, I batch made like they're just raw like energy balls. Like I said, I think it was oats, dates, chia seeds, cranberries. I think there's like pumpkin seeds, um, maybe some peanut butter. Um, so you don't have to like we do have to blend it a bit but yeah super easy um I froze them a couple of batches and then I would just grab them out kind of week on week so that kept me going for like a good couple of weeks um and then yeah in terms of um in terms of meals um I used to just make I mean I, I think it's a recovery thing as well but I, I was hungry in my postpartum phase like very very hungry so I was having like we were just talking as well like you kind of lose your appetite towards the end of pregnancy because there's not much space there for food um so when the baby's born and your tummy is so free like I just had so much space and I I love my food so I was having like big big bowls of pasta and you know again things that are going to give you energy so don't be afraid of carbs um you know you need it I think there's um an average of another kind of five to six hundred calories per day for breastfeeding women um and like if you are coming into this point and you're 
thinking about dieting like now is not the time to diet like it comes into that piece of self-compassion you have just birthed a baby and um you know just come back to try and remember the respect you had your body when you were when you were pregnant because I think I hear women talk about it all the time like I wish I still respected my body in my postpartum phase the way I did when I was carrying the baby because immediately it's like oh must diet must lose the weight must you know get abs must exercise but actually you're still healing you're still recovering you know you're potentially feeding your baby from your own body um so get get lots of carbs in lots of hydration batch those energy balls they're so good um and yeah I think it yeah it's a good idea to to get um like a big shepherd's pie in or something something that's gonna like be really wholesome fill you up but also feed you for a few days yeah um so that was kind of the route I went down <laughs> did you find uh, by the way um if Ash does if you share that link with me I'll put it in my show notes I will yeah so if anybody wants to make Ash's uh, protein balls or uh, energy balls sorry then uh, you can do um in regards to like meals because you've just brought it up there did you find that you ate kind of three basic meals a day or is it just very random because I often find if I've had a bit of a shit night's sleep my energy and my appetite fluctuates massively some mornings I can wake up and be starving and I'll have like three breakfasts and then other days it's like oh actually I'm not hungry at all and then it catches up did you find that you fell into a routine or pattern or did it just vary from day to day um I did fall into a routine with 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 food quite quickly actually I think it was firstly because I was so excited to be hungry again um (laughs) and um yeah I just I I was yeah I was hungry I needed it I needed the energy so I definitely had my my three main meals a day and then I was having I mean my portion sizes probably in those kind of earlier weeks were it's probably slightly bigger than than usual but I'm I'm very intuitive with my eating and I I sort of have been definitely not always but for the past few years and I think I really kind of lent into that you know intuitive hunger and fullness and just trusted that my my body was hungry because it it needed food um so I think you know like really lean on that kind of intuition and everyone always says you know mothers are very intuitive and you are um so kind of trust that kind of hunger and fullness level and really try and lean into that um but yeah I definitely definitely when I was uh breastfeeding in those early days was hungry and would have three meals and um and and snack throughout the day one thing I would say is um some people like to have um like a little a snack basket (laughs) so this is something else you can kind of prepare in advance because often you know if you are hungry you might not have your hands free so you might kind of lean in for something that's potentially not um going to nourish your body that much you know like fast food or whatever crisps chocolate um which aren't necessarily bad but we want you know to feel really energized and feel really good with and aid our recovery so if you get a little snack basket it doesn't have to be all homemade things like you can get like you know rice cakes or um some nuts a handful of nuts is really good for you know high fat um even some fruit and things like that and just put it on the sofa or the area that you do breastfeed because or feed because um often you might be there for an hour or so and 
when hunger strikes, you're going to want to eat something. So get yourself a little snack basket, I'd say. <laughs> Amazing. Do you know what? One of my friends has actually just given me this, um, it's like this grey material basket for nappies, wipes, da, 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 to take around ah, with me. So good. Like a little snack compartment as well. I was like, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's really good to know. And do you know what? I'm really, really pleased that you've talked about hunger because one of the things that I find, because I coach a lot of women that want fat loss and one thing that we I really try and teach them and talk to them about is actually allowing themselves to feel hunger and feed themselves because we deny ourselves of hunger so much and I think just in that you know becoming a mother yeah of course you're going to be starving you're breastfeeding you're up you know for hours in the night who knows your routines are completely off plan yeah and it's tough you know it's tiring not only physically but mentally as well having this mental what the hell do I do with this baby what tog this is my thing at the moment what yes sleep suit do I need to use and all this stuff and actually oh, trust me I still I still have to check what tog I'm <laughs> two and a half in two and a half years in <laughs> um actually just making space to allow yourself to feed yourself properly because you know society has taught us for many 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 years that you know diet culture that we must kind of ignore hunger and eat as little as possible I just think like fuck that just feed like feed yourself and really provide your body with energy and like you said 30 hour length birth that's basically a marathon you know you basically literally yeah (laughs) so you exactly definitely yeah that's exactly it and I do think with with intuitive eating it is essentially it's it's unlearning everything that we've been taught through society and coming back to what we innately know which is like if you look at I often look at my children and they tell me when they're hungry and they literally push food away when they're full so what how did we get to this point as adults where we just don't listen to ourselves it's crazy yeah yeah absolutely um just a final note on nutrition then something that I don't think we've covered is fiber because obviously I know I've heard about the first poo after birth is yes (laughs) can you talk to us a little bit about where maybe like a new mother can find her fiber obviously your energy balls sound amazing because they've got oats and dates and that kind of thing is fiber something that you should be looking to increase post-birth definitely I would say so yeah even um from vaginal to like c-section birth it's very very important because um yeah I think it is very kind of daunting I think um even you know with a c-section I can only talk from a c-section perspective from my point of view but you know you're using those muscles and it's very kind of painful and if you've had kind of any um, intervention or anything with a vaginal birth there is going to be an element of it feeling very tender um and a bit scary so definitely lots of fiber um, and you can get that like you said from you know oats um from chia seeds from um lots of a lot of carby foods actually have high fiber don't they but also kind of your leafy greens like spinach um are amazing and obviously getting in your kind of fiber day there as well but um hydration is key as well because we just want to get that digestive system going Mm. um so I don't know um I think a lot of people always say they don't drink enough water but do try and up your water intake because um 
you know, it, it just loosens everything up and gets everything going. And things like herbal teas and stuff are actually really well, uh, really good for um, digestion and metabolism and getting all those things flowing. Um, but also positioning. I know this is going into the detail now, but positioning when you are actually sitting on the toilet, if you can bring a little stool just to the floor. Um, you know, you can get that like just from Ikea, you can get those tiny little stools and pop your feet on top of the stool because that just puts us into like an optimal position for actually passing uh, the poo. Yeah. <laughs> Squatty potty, isn't it? Or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Somebody actually said to me, I can't remember, a friend said to me that they've got one at home. I was like, I'll be needing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, amazing. So let's fast forward a little bit to, let's say a client has been signed off six weeks. They're good to go no tears or maybe there was a first degree tear and absolutely fine what should uh exercise look like to that client at that point do you think um I would say like timing wise um just ease yourself in with something that's literally like between 10 and 20 minutes um and you could choose maybe four exercises that are all rounded um you're going to have to adjust things because we want to make sure that we are still focusing on that healing process because at six weeks that's you know we're not completely healed at this point there might be a level there probably is a level of slight ab separation so we don't want to put too much pressure through that thinned um linear alba down the middle section um so just I would say let go of your ego and be prepared to modify. Um, and this could be, for example, you know, things like um, push-ups, which you've probably already been doing in your pregnancy if you are active, but bringing your push-ups onto an incline. Um, that might even be like doing your push-ups off, off a wall to start with, especially if you've had kind of a C-section. Um, so doing, you know, a couple of rounds of take easy eight to 10 reps and push-ups. Um, some squats and again modifying squatting down onto a bed and then bringing yourself back up um things like I love you know stabilizing core exercises that aren't going to put that pressure down so like a bird dog um and things like that would be would be awesome um but yeah I would say just kind of build it up with 10 to 20 minutes some really kind of gentle bodyweight exercises but with every move think about your breath so as you um you can either say blow as you go or exhale on the effort so as you exhale um sorry as you um come into the effort part of the exercise so that would be like standing up from your squat you would engage your core think about that jellyfish lifting up from your pelvic floor all the way up knitting those abdominals together and you know a squat is an abdominal isn't and I, i'm i can't speak it's not an abdominal exercise, but really it can be because if you think about engaging your core with every rep, rep by rep, minute by minute, you're going to be strengthening and getting stronger in that area and just, you know, kind of pushing along that natural healing process. What do you think a woman shouldn't do? What would you advise somebody not to do? Um, I would say, well, anything really that's going to, is high impact I think is what we want to kind of avoid so um allow your body that kind of natural rehabilitation process um which goes on you know way beyond the first six weeks that we always talk about um 
so your pelvic floor and your core is naturally going to be weakened so we really just want to work on strengthening those areas before we put too much pressure down and that's where you hear of you know people going back to running or or you know jumping and things like that at like you know six to 12 weeks postpartum and then they have urinary incontinence and prolapse and things like that but just because that that muscle just isn't quite strong enough for that impact yet so um the guidelines now are to to um to ease back into running from 12 weeks um postpartum to allow for the natural healing and to allow yourself to kind of integrate exercises that are going to support your return to running um so yeah i mean there's there's lots of different kind of plans you can get back to running couch to 5k is really good um, a really gentle process inwards but yeah just avoid avoid that high impact um and think about what again use your intuition what doesn't feel right you start to feel like you know too much pressure going downwards on your pelvic floor if you start to feel like you're really going to wet yourself if you're skipping or you know something like that just lean into you know patience and time and consistency with you know gentle progressive exercises and it will happen you'll get there did I read somewhere correct me if I'm wrong that you experienced hypertonic pelvic floor yes yes Yes, I did yeah about that yeah so a hypertonic pelvic floor is essentially where the muscles are not able to fully relax by themselves or it takes a lot of effort so I think, like we were saying before, my my history is in a strength and conditioning kind of environment. And I was in an environment where I would hold my breath when I was lifting and creating a lot of like clenching in my pelvic floor, essentially, because I was always gripping and always holding on. And I didn't have much awareness in my kind of early training days about about the connection between my breathing and my pelvic floor um so so yeah I think over the years essentially my pelvic floor had become quite strong um which sounds you know like it would be a good thing but actually we need to be able to relax our pelvic floor fully to to be able to birth which potentially is why I had to have an emergency c-section because he couldn't pass through um so that is quite interesting um but yes with a hypertonic pelvic floor um it it comes for many reasons um if you already have one prior to birth you're probably not going to know because it's very unlikely unless you're really interested in knowing um prior to falling pregnant how strong your pelvic floor is you're not going to know but you just have to assume that the like the likelihood is that it was um hypertonic before you had a baby um but yeah so after having a c-section it is quite common as well because um obviously there's a lot of scar tissue and um I think in the natural healing process you do kind of grip a lot in that area because you're kind of trying to protect yourself so you're you're kind of naturally trying to kind of grip which did mean that when it came to having intercourse um it was very very painful and um even things like passing urine like a a symptom is that you can't kind of fully empty your bladder because it takes a lot of concentration to actually fully relax um so I experienced those symptoms after having Teddy um and it took me a lot of work um to really focus on 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 relaxing and like we clench our pelvic floor without even realizing like even then I just had to say to myself relax so we grip our belly don't we? we breathe in we hold in 
get into our jeans or you know to just not look bloated or whatever and doing that simple motion of gripping and holding our belly in we're clenching our pelvic floor so throughout the day just remind yourself relax and just let it go and it's just quite a nice practice to get into to just you know not be again not clenching your jaw your jaw and your pelvic floor are so linked when we're stressed we're tensing we're gripping so I think if you you know if you're not pregnant or you're potentially thinking about having a baby like bring that awareness to to what you're doing in your everyday and being able to kind of relax and breathe optimally start practicing now because it kind of well for me it did kick me in the bum a little bit um later on yeah Um, so yeah it took me a while to be able to relax my pelvic floor properly yeah and I think it's more common than it than it isn't you know I don't think it's talked about enough because you know there are a lot of us and probably a lot of people listening to this who are really into their fitness who probably have super strong pelvic floors without even yeah that might you know walk into this and yes having a strong pelvic floor is important but like you said relaxing it and one of the things did you work with a pelvic health physio to help you with that I'm assuming I did yes yeah um one of the things that I've actually well I text my own pelvic health physio a few months ago I um I experienced birthing breath so basically I go to a yoga uh class once a week for uh, pregnancy and I remember because I went to Layla, my pelvic health physio, and she was just going through, like, making sure that I'm doing my pelvic floor breathing, connecting to my pelvic floor when I exercise to, you know, protect it, etc. And then we went into the I went into this pregnancy class and um, Sophie, our instructor, took us through birthing breath and birthing pelvic floor. And I was baffled. I was like, this is the opposite to what I've been doing. What do you mean? Like breathe out and relax I was like this is this isn't right and I remember texting my pelvic floor uh, therapist and saying oh she's taught us this pelvic surely I should be doing it the other way around she was like no 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 that that is right you know when you're going through birth you need to learn how to breathe and relax yeah so it was it's really good for me to kind of go through that experience of two ends of the spectrum you know yes doing mm. squats lunges press-ups and really t- tightening up my pelvic floor and making sure everything's protect- protected but also you know yin and yang inside mm. of that learning how to mm. relax and you know em- yeah like you say empty your pelvic uh, empty yeah. your and stuff when going to the toilet so it's been really interesting actually um yeah it is it's it you're, you're so right it is um it is it is completely the opposite to what you would kind of encourage isn't it but I think um yeah like definitely I think from about 35 weeks it's a definitely a good idea well for where you are now really it's a good idea to start not actually focusing on that that contracting of your pelvic floor and just consistently relaxing and letting go and there's a lot of positions you can kind of get into or exercises you can do to cut especially with like um, a swiss ball or a birth ball um, that you can get into to really kind of focus on that relaxed state yeah um but yeah, no, I know. Like, I love that you text your physio. She taught me the wrong thing. I was just like, hang on a minute. Is this right? I just want to check that I'm doing this right. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely fine. It's great that she's doing that. I was like, amazing. Good. Um, <laughs> okay. So in regards to postnatal rehab, how long can a woman expect to be in that postnatal phase? Do you think? Um, well, I, well, I always say postpartum is forever because 
there are like physiological changes that happen to your body after having a baby um that mean that we are postpartum we you know whenever if you go if you were to go to a hospital there's a form that will say have you had a pregnancy or or a birth because you know it's important to know what changes have happened and I guess doctors put you in a different kind of remit um re the rehab phase really depends um because you might not go back to exercise I guess if you were active before then the chances are you're going to want to start exercising when you get that green green light um so say that you do at six weeks you start a gentle rehabilitation process um this really is dependent on on everyone but if you are kind of consistently building exercise into your routine you're starting to feel that connection with your pelvic floor again there's you know a, a, an ab separation that is gently knitting back together then i think um probably you know anything up to i'd say on average probably about three months um but it can take six it could take a year so it just depends on kind of how consistently you are moving um, and also what level of separation you've got how your birth went all of these things come into it but um I'd say from yeah that six week mark um I would allow yourself uh, a couple yeah definitely up to sort of two to three months to to get through that rehabilitation phase and to let everything naturally um get back together with some support yeah, amazing. That's really helpful. And just um, a, a final question, because you look incredible. And I think, you know, you oh, really you. look after yourself well. Do you feel, you know, personally speaking now, obviously Coco's, what, 18 months, your youngest? Yes, almost 18 months, yes. Do you feel that you've got a level of, I'm not going to say the words bounce back, but a level of yourself back. So you feel, you know, physically in your strength in your body that you are not where you were before pregnancy because that never happens. But do you feel, yeah, like strong and capable now? Or do you still feel that you're, you're still recovering in some way? Um, I, I feel really good now. I feel like um, I... I had to go through a real mindset shift with my training when I first became a mum with Teddy because the reality was that I couldn't train five days a week um, and I didn't really want to because I wanted to be with him more. Um, so my my training is very different to what it used to be. I don't train in the gym really anymore. I train solely at home and it's mainly body weight. Um, and I really, really enjoy that side of training now. So for me, my physique is definitely different because I'm not lifting weights really. Um, but I'd say I do feel really strong. Um, I feel a lot more connected to my body now than I did before having babies. Um, I feel like I've just got a lot more awareness around what works for me and what feels good. Um, I, to be completely honest, no, I don't feel completely fully healed. I know that I still have, I had two babies very close together. Um, and I think when the second, when Coco came along, um, again, my exercise kind of routine, I guess, had to change because I had less time the first time and a little bit less time the second time. So I think I'm still trying to find my groove. Um, potentially a unique case because I have, we have done a lot of traveling this year. So I don't necessarily have a routine. But one thing that I will say is, because I have always loved exercise 
um, because of how it makes me feel. Um, it's a habit that I've integrated into my life. And I'm so happy that I did before I became a mother because I not only exercise like for to be strong, which is a big part of it for me, for me, like to be fit so that I can run around after my kids, but also it's it's my it's my time. It's my time. The difference in my mood and my mindset when I spend, you know, realistically 15, 20 minutes is all I get these days. <laughs> um, but when I spend that time for myself, I'm a better person, I'm a better mum and yeah, I feel I feel stronger physically, but mentally I am so much stronger when I move my body. Like makes a huge difference for me. And a lot of um I've got a couple of um postnatal clients, a lot of them do experience, you know, the mum guilt to begin with. But I think after a while they just get this, like you say, this turnaround light bulb moment where mm. actually they realize they show up as a better person to be around. Like I literally put on my story yesterday because I, I hadn't managed my third session for the week. And I went to the gym yesterday and I just felt so much better. And I, I said to Brad when I got home, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm such a cow. <laughs> when, I, when I have, you know, when I haven't done exercise and just, I know in reality, you know, in a couple of weeks time when the baby's here, I'm not going to be able to get that hour in the gym, but you know, a 10 minute workout here or there can completely change, change. I'm glad you shared that actually about your, um, your exercise because I know we've discussed that before where when me and Ashley met you know you were deadlifting pull-ups you know typical strength and conditioning stuff yeah and you've completely moved away from that now and I was just like mm. oh, fascinated to know you know the why behind that and how you're feeling and it's really you know it's really positive to hear and I talked about this the other day about not getting fixated on having one method of exercise and that mm. being the way that you um you exercise like one modality I should say because it, it can be flexible like I think you've more moved more down the kind of Pilates sort of mm. route now yeah it's lovely to see you know that you've carried on your exercise journey and not just because you've you know not been able to get to the gym or deadlift or whatever that's not stopped you which is just great it's amazing yeah definitely I think um firstly I can't imagine you ever being a cow by the way but <laughs> you are also yeah. pregnant and so sometimes it's allowed um but yeah I think for me it comes down to like creating consistency and the key thing is creating consistency is enjoyment isn't it and yeah in this in this kind of chapter I I prefer this style of training I prefer like you said this Pilates style um and it, it you know quite often it it's not because I'm getting sweaty and you know lifting and that in that chapter I loved lifting weights and that's not to say I won't go back there but right now it works for my lifestyle around my kids and work and for, for my body I feel really good like I feel really good and I enjoy it so I'm consistently going to show up for it um but yeah I think like you say it's just really really key to be open-minded because your training might shift and evolve but you know maybe go back to a period of you know trying different things or going to a class or find what feels good for you and in, in your motherhood kind of journey because ultimately it's your space and um yeah you've got to love it I think yeah yeah absolutely and just to go back to what you said about postpartum as well I'm glad you said that um that you're you know you're never really 
over or out of postpartum because I think I heard that somewhere or maybe I read it in a book and it was like you know once you are postpartum you're always postpartum you don't go back to who you are but you can develop a new you you know and yeah and work with that kind of mindset okay just to wrap up then finally do you have any final Ashley tips that you could give to me as a as a new mother to be, or you know any mother to be that's listening any final tips that we kind of haven't discussed that you'd love to share um yes I love this oh I do feel quite pressured oh don't. I want to make them good <laughs> and I feel like I I don't feel like mum brain ever goes by the way I still have I still have baby brain mum brain yeah it's a thing Um, before I was pregnant to be honest (laughs) yeah it's good because you can just keep the excuse going (laughs) um oh biggest tips I guess in those early days I would say um I would say let go of expectation of your days and just really lean into it like just be you're getting to know your baby but you're also getting to know yourself because it is the biggest life altering thing that you'll ever go through so yeah I think just let go of expectation for you know of your baby but also yourself because it's a new chapter it's an amazing chapter um and you know you might surprise yourself you probably will surprise yourself in the best way um but yeah there there are there are going to be challenges that are going to come up so just give yourself lots of self-compassion um drop your ego because you will get uh your time back for exercise and um yeah just lean into it and enjoy it because it's amazing <laughs> amazing and it goes so quickly so i'm told i'm sure it doesn't feel like it when it you're- does it really does it's crazy yeah Coco's now walking and almost talking and I'm like I've got two toddlers what's going on and then and then someone goes are you gonna have another baby and I'm like oh my god no is the answer by the way <laughs> my issue. Um, amazing okay tell us where my listeners then can find you and please as well talk about your pre and postnatal program oh thank you um so I am mainly on Instagram. Um, I do love Instagram and I'm on there most days just sharing kind of mum life, um, clients, client wins and also kind of some travel updates at the moment as well. Um, so it's Ashley underscore Elizabeth underscore fitness. Um, and my website is the same, Ashley Elizabeth Fitness. Um, my kind of, my, I guess my, my brand um, is called The Push. Um, and I have a monthly uh, class membership called the Push Method, um, which has new weekly workouts. Um, as I think there's about 70 classes in there now, um, kind of all specific to po- pregnancy and postpartum. Um, but it's really cool. It's basically like a Netflix kind of style website um, for classes. So you can go into like five minute classes, 20 minutes pregnancy, third trimester. There's some birth prep classes in there um and then uh more recently some kind of postpartum strength-based sessions as well so the push method and then I also have um my postpartum group coaching program which is a 12-week postpartum program for postpartum women at any phase um and that's kind of personalized personalized programming with me group classes weekly catch-ups um all that jazz so um that's my kind of real uh high high touch uh, you get a lot of me every week and we really kind of work on progressing through your postpartum from 
uh, whenever you feel ready to get started with exercise so amazing. that's my that's my love I love my clients in that program it's amazing <laughs> I will share all of your details as well and information in the show notes so if anybody does want to get in contact with Ashley and you absolutely oh thank you um so just a massive thank you for coming on today thank you for your time because I know you're super busy and also god knows what time it is there what time evening it is now 5 30 in the afternoon in the evening yeah well I say evening because yeah, it's about an hour and a half out of bedtime for my tea. So we'll be straight into the bath time routine now. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Angie. It was lovely yeah. to chat to you. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye.